Okay, well, welcome to Mastermind class, Get Certified to Teach English to Medical Device Companies in Japan. Today's bonus session, we're going to talk about sleep apnea. Uh, basically, this presentation is going to be divided into two parts. The first part is I'm going to share with you the sleep apnea market in Japan and then go into uh, more on the clinical uh, explanation of sleep apnea. I'll go instead of me reinventing the wheel in a in a PowerPoint. We'll just go to a one of the top companies' uh, website, which is very informational. I'll just go there and show you that. Explain what sleep apnea is, basically, and then of course it's a good resource for you uh, to check out in the future. So, again, I mean, this is sleep apnea, but. Uh, Japan, as I've shared before, is a huge uh, medical market, healthcare industry, universal coverage paid by the government. Um, not as complicated as the U.S. with tons of insurance companies, uh, and it's growing. So here you can see here, this is uh, showing you the uh, the population breakdown of Japan. And CPAP, so CPAP stands for Continuous Positive Airway Pressure. I'll show you a picture of that later, but it's the actual unit that you use to treat sleep apnea. And this data is a little old. This is from 2015, but still gives you an idea uh, what's going on in Japan. Of course, you know, Japan, 127 million people. Here, this says 400,000 people are actually on CPAP. It's actually about 600,000 now because it grows 12% every year. And that's still a lower percentage compared to other countries like, you know, France is about 1%, Germany, UK, and America, 2%. So uh, the American healthcare system for CPAP is is quite advanced. There's a lot of more awareness in America. I was surprised actually, you know, whenever I'm traveling in the US, not recently, but I do a lot of driving and I listen to radio, news radio, and I was very surprised in, in America hearing commercials on the radio for CPAP uh, quite a bit. So again, there's a lot of awareness in America. So it's growing in Japan, but still uh, nothing compared to the rest of the world. And so this slide, I show this slide, this is not so much sleep apnea, but the whole health healthcare industry in general in Japan, this shows you the major causes of death and the number of patients you have in Japan. I mean, of course, cancer is number one, cardiac disease, number two. Uh, notice sleep apnea is not a cause of death. Uh, it can indirectly uh, cause health conditions if it's untreated in the future as you get older, but uh, you see here on the right, all these chronic diseases, diabetes, over 3 million people in, in Japan, CHF, that stands for uh, congestive heart failure, about 1.5 million patients, COPD, 4 million patients, and atrial fibrillation, 1 million. Now, when we're sharing these companies that provide CPAP, uh, they typically also manufacture ventilators as well, which for respiratory disease, in particular, 
COPD, uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder, which is mainly caused by air pollution and or smoking. And uh, like, like I said, 4 million patients in Japan. And most of these people aren't treated either. So this shows you the growth of CPAP in Japan. You can see it grows about 12% every year. Again, this data is a little old. This is from when I was, you know, working uh, at a company, uh, 2015. So it's, like I said, probably about 600,000 patients now. Uh, you don't worry, really need to worry. This is about fixed CPAP and auto CPAP. That's, that's kind of an industry thing, but, but most of CPAP is auto CPAP, meaning it's, it's pretty smart. It, it has an automatic rhythm algorithm that adjusts the pressure, uh, based on the, uh, patient's needs. And then this humidifier usage. So what happens is a humidifier, you can get a CPAP without a humidifier. It costs a little extra, but if you don't have a humidifier, it's very common for your, your mouth and throat to become really dry. Cause you know, think about your sleeping seven hours a night and just air blowing in your mouth. So uh, it's good to have a humidifier which moistens the air and, and prevents you from getting, you know, really dry mouth. But it's interesting in Japan, humidifier usage is only like 26%, which is pretty low considering um, there's, there's several reasons why this is low. One is in Japan, the CPAP, as I've explained before, it's not bought by the patient. It's actually rented through uh, insurance and the rental cost includes the, the machine, the tube that connects to the mask. Um, now th all of these components are actually sold separately by the manufacturers to the distributors in Japan, but the reimbursement price, the insurance price is a system price. It covers everything. So as a result, the distributors don't promote the humidifier very much because it's an extra cost to them. Uh, it, it'll affect their, their profit margin. So here's the incidence of prevalence in Japan. Uh, this is pretty worldwide. So it's interesting about this here. It's, you know, here you see on the left, 2.5% of the uh, population has sleep apnea. Now, if you just do simple math, that means there would be about 3 million patients with sleep apnea in Japan. However, uh, sleep apnea is not common in children. So this is not a very accurate estimate. So it's better to estimate uh, the percentage of the adult population, people over 20. And then it jumps up. Um, if you're over 20, this number we feel is a probably about 5 million patients. So you think about, you know, 5 million people have sleep apnea in Japan. And I showed only about 600,000 are actually getting treated. So that means, you know, only 12% of people with this disease or this condition, I wouldn't call it a disease. It's a condition are being treated. And, uh, and this is actually bad because this is causing um, huge economic costs. Now, that's hard to measure, but if you have untreated sleep apnea, here are the symptoms. And I'll talk more later about this of 
we'll do a little test, see, see if perhaps you may have sleep apnea. What happens basically is you stop breathing for up to over 10 seconds, 30, 40 times an hour during night. And you don't even, a lot of times you're not even aware that this is happening because you, you may just feel like you're not getting good sleep. You don't realize that you're stopped not breathing. But in severe cases, you will. I mean, it's happened to me. So I've actually had a sleep apnea test and I have mild sleep apnea, but it's not uh, severe enough to get treatment. So I stopped breathing, you know, probably five, five, between five to 10 times per hour, which is actually, it's mild sleep apnea, but it's, it's uh, not covered by insurance. So you to get treated. Um, but what happens is when you have severe sleep apnea, you will, one of the symptoms is what we call excessive daytime sleepiness. It means you're just always tired and you will in almost always fall asleep in the afternoon. Uh, if you're watching TV, you'll, you'll probably fall asleep. If you, if you're driving, you know, it's, it can be dangerous. This can be a huge problem for, you know, truck drivers, taxi drivers, uh, train conductors. Uh, in fact, you know, oftentimes in the news, you'll accidents, bus accidents or uh, train accidents. Uh, many times the it's caused by the person having sleep apnea that wasn't treated. They, they fell asleep. This is definitely a disease or a condition that that needs to be first diagnosed or screened diagnosed and then then treated we have a mutual friend who um was just always tired his wife told him he always fall he always stops breathing when he's sleeping and it took him about a year over a year to get tested and i kept pushing it got to get tested you got to get tested finally he got tested and he had really severe sleep apnea you know over 40 times he would stop breathing per hour. Um, and so now he's on treatment, he's getting the CPAP and now he's got tons of energy. He's, he's more productive. He's not, not sleepy anymore. He's getting, he's finally getting good sleep, good deep sleep. So I'm just very happy for him. And what's interesting is this previous company I used to work for uh, called ResMed I joined them in 2013, worked there for about four years. But it was funny when I joined the company and started telling friends and colleagues from other companies what I did, it was amazing how many people came out and said, oh, you know, by the way, I, I have sleep apnea and I use CPAP machine. And it's funny because it's kind of, people are kind of embarrassed to talk about it unless they have a reason to tell you. And since I was working at that company, it was, so again, it surprised me. It wasn't something people talked about, but when I got that job, you know, about 20% of my friends and colleagues say, Oh yeah, I, I, I use CPAP. So it's pretty amazing. So this is the patient distribution may have shifted a little to the right because of the aging population in Japan, but you can see it's a middle-aged problem, right? It's, you know, between 45 to 60 is, the highest prevalence and uh, 
and this graph doesn't show it, but it is more common in men than women. Women do get sleep apnea, but it, but it's definitely more common in men. Here is the the business model in, in Japan. Uh, this is a little busy slide, but but it's good to understand this if you're going to be teaching English to any of these companies. You, you should understand how the system works. Basically. It's covered by insurance, but as I said before, it's a rental system. It includes the mask and the tubes. Uh, here's the patient, right? Patient will pay 10 to 30% of the rental fee. 10%, I think, is if you're over 70. But again, most patients are 40s and 50s. They'll pay 30%. So they'll pay that rental fee to the hospital or the clinic Medical insurers uh, reimburse the hospital, which is through the government. And then this HME, which means home medical equipment provider. I'll explain who these companies are in Japan uh, on the next slide. Here, the HME, so this is a CPAP device right here. So they'll actually rent the device to the hospital. Hospital does not purchase it. So they'll rent the device to the hospital. And then the hospital receives payment from insurance companies through the government. And then that 30% copay, which is a little more. So it's about... Um, they get about 100... Well, about 12 to 13. I think it's 13,000 yen per month is what the hospital receives. And then the companies who rent this will rent it anywhere between seven to, you know, 10,000 yen, uh, depending on what service they provide. So here, here are the CPAP players in Japan. There's quite a few, but as with many industries, there's basically three companies that control 90% of the market. So here, if you see in the left, uh, this company called Teijin, Japanese company, they, they rent out to hospitals about, they have about 40% market share. Remember there's about 600,000 patients uh, on CPAP in Japan. So they have about 40% of that. Fukuda Denshi or Fukuda Life Tech, I'm sorry. Uh, they're about 20% Philips, Philips Respironics, 30%. And that makes up 90%. Um, and then this other company, FNP, Fisher and Paykel, and everybody else combines about 10%. And Fisher Paykel is probably, you know, between five to 7% of that. Now the right here, again, are all the companies. I haven't uh, show you who the distributor is in Japan, who the manufacturer is. And then have I taught them English or have I made presentations before? So this gives you an opportunity as well. So Philips Respironics, like I said, 30%, they are their own manufacturer and they are a US-based company. Now, Philips, uh, the company Philips is based in the Netherlands, but Philips Respironics, this division is based in uh, Pennsylvania, I think it is. Um, next company, Fisher & Paykel. They're based out of New Zealand. They are their own manufacturer. Koike Medical, this is a really small Japanese company. They actually have a Japanese-made uh, CPAP by a company called Metron. They're based in uh, Kawaguchi, Saitama. Another company, Chess, this is a Japanese company. They don't manufacture CPAP. They actually import a company called Brias, which is Swedish, and Weinman from Germany. 
Taging, this was who I used to work with. Uh, 90% of their business is ResMed. So I, I worked I worked for ResMed, but Taging was our customer. And then they do, they actually uh, distribute a little bit of Philips Respironics, but mainly ResMed. Uh, Fukuda Life Tech, which is a subsidiary of uh, Fukuda Denshi. They're about 80% ResMed. And then they sell, or I'm sorry, rent from Fisher and Paykel and uh, Philips Respironics as well, 20%. These are rough numbers, but again, majority is ResMed. So this is interesting. If you look at ResMed, the company I used to work for, their two distributors in Japan are Teijin and Fukuda. So ResMed has about 60% market share in Japan. So very successful in Japan, but they don't sell directly. Now, they, I don't think they're interested in English, uh, but... I used to work there, so I never even approached them. But, uh, you know, there might be an opportunity there. And then Magnet. Uh, Magnet is a small distributor. They in, import the Cephem from France and Apex from Taiwan and then Pacific Medical uh, is another Japanese distributor. And they Pacific Medical and Magnet used to be the same company, and then they've separated last year. Um, so Pacific Medical is Apex and they might have some other smaller brands as well. But again, very low market share. Now, again, the reason I wanted to do this bonus session was not only give you more about sleep apnea, more information about sleep apnea, but this is the industry I'm most familiar with in Japan. Uh, again, all these distributors are importing from overseas, they must, they have to have English ability and their English is not that good. Uh, I'll go through each one though. So Philips Respironics, their English is okay. I actually gave presentation there a couple of years ago to their human resources. They were very interested, but then it basically, they didn't want to spend money on English they, they wanted their employees to study English on their own, but the company wasn't going to pay for it. So, you know, I didn't get a sale there because, you know, you saw the pricing. Individuals can't pay that. It has to be the company. Uh, but there may be an opportunity again here. Like I said, I haven't approached them in, in a while and their English level is pretty high, actually. So they may be more interested in more like coaching type you know, giving presentations, et cetera. And, and now that everything is shifting to Zoom, you know, there, there may be an opportunity there. So I'm going to reach out to them again and uh, see if they're interested. And then they're interested in that. Give some more opportunities for, for you and other teachers to help there. Fisher and Paykel, um, I've never been able to get a presentation there. So, but there's still an opportunity there uh, to reach out to the president. I have reached out to the president before, but he never responds. So they don't seem interested, but still sales just keep, keep pushing away. Kawiki Medical, I actually, I gave a presentation to them. They were studying English and then they shifted. They stopped studying English and now they're studying Chinese. Now with coronavirus, I don't know what's happened since then, um, but I know the marketing manager there and, um, Again, I'm going to reach out to him and see if there's some opportunities for English or negotiation to see where they're at, see if they're still doing Chinese because Chinese didn't make sense to me. It's like, guys, you need to be studying English, not Chinese. Um, chest, they've just never responded to me uh, and I haven't really done a lot 
haven't really pushed them. Uh, I have several contacts there, but uh, again, another opportunity, try to get some business there. Uh, Taging, um, there, I wouldn't recommend working for them. And then Fukuda Life Tech, uh, on the next slide, I'll explain them more in depth, but this has been my, my best customer uh, for the last three or four years. I'm not teaching them directly now, but I did. Uh, last year. Uh, I still keep in touch with a lot of the, the employees there and students there. In fact, I got a uh, message online this morning of, of a guy in the international department who doesn't speak English very well. And he's like, Chris, how can I improve my English? And I'm like, I wish I could help you, but your company doesn't want to pay. So again, there's still opportunity there. I'm going to reach out to the, them again and, and then ask for their business. Magnet, I uh, did a lot of sales training with this company. I did a lot of coaching. I did digital marketing for them. Never really did English for them. Um, and then they, I, they just ended their contract. And so they're, they've been affected pretty bad with the coronavirus, their business, their CPAP business. So they just don't have the extra resources to pay me for consulting or for English. So, but still there, they were a good customer. So if they recover, then there's definitely be an opportunity there. And then Pacific Medico, they got bought out by a larger company. I had been teaching them for about two years. Uh, another teacher I had hired was teaching for them. And then they got bought out by a bigger company. And then they just basically lost interest. The management changed, you know, kind of similar to Fukuda Life Tech. You need to be talking with the decision maker. And then if they change and they're not interested in English. It, it's not uncommon to lose that business. Okay. And so lastly, Fukuda Sangyo, this is uh, the middle company here. They, they're based in Kashiwa. I definitely have opportunity here. I need, do need a teacher. Um, it's not a lot of classes. It's a couple classes. They are based in Kashiwa, but we can do most of their classes through Zoom and online. So they import their CPAP from ResMed, which is based in Australia. There is ResMed Japan. They all speak Japanese, so they don't need much English there, but they don't order their product from ResMed Japan. They actually order their product from Australia. Uh, so like one class that I have, which I would love to, to send a teacher to, is their procurement. It's... Um, they do the ordering. So it's the procurement manager and then a couple people in manufacturing. And this is a very beginning class. So they're, they're going through this. They're on lesson five right now. The exciting thing is, is they're, they're progressing very quickly. So they're, they're able to have very simple conversations on the phone now or before they couldn't at all. So anyway, they buy from ResMed and then they sell to Fukuda Denshi or Fukuda Life Tech, who I showed you. And they're the big company in Japan. They're the, the provider. They have, you know, 3,000 sales reps. They cover all of Japan. Like I said, they're, they're like Teijin. They're, you know, 20, 25% of the market. So they're servicing over 100,000 patients. Uh, and like I said, if you're on CPAP in Japan, because it's, since it's a rental system, you're, the patient is supposed to go to the hospital or clinic every month. It's kind of crazy, but that's the way the system is set up. Therefore, it's very labor intensive for the, for the hospitals and clinics. They have to have this outpatient clinic for CPAP. 
every month for hundreds of patients. Um, and so these companies usually send people to help the clinics out, check the patients basically every month. And, and so that is it for the presentation. But now I want to show you more about, okay, what is sleep apnea? So I'm going to take you to the ResMed website because they have a really good website. So if you look at the ResMed Japan, it's all in J Japanese. But if you go to the ResMed English, again, they have very good education here and they're showing what sleep apnea is. You know, basically here saying sleep apnea affects one in three people. Are you one of them? Find out in less than three minutes with ResMed's free sleep assessment. So I kind of have a similar assessment on one of my websites, but here, let's go ahead and start now. They have a little form to fill out. This is new before you could just take the test. Maybe let's say I'll just country, I'll say I'm in the US because I don't want it going to Japanese. So complete the form to get started. Before they didn't take your email. So now they're now I'm on their mailing list. So begin. Okay. A few minutes time can go a long way, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So begin. What is your gender? Male. Okay. That's important because men are, have a higher uh, prevalence of sleep apnea. Next question. How tall are you? So I'm five, eight. What year were you born? Okay. Age definitely is a risk factor. So I was born in 1968. Eight. What is your weight? So one of the, the biggest causes of sleep apnea is obesity. What happens is when you fall asleep, the, the fat in your neck actually blocks your throat. And so if you're overweight and you have sleep apnea, the doctors first will tell you, okay, before you start, before you start CPAP and spend money on that is lose weight. Because sometimes just losing weight will will cure the sleep apnea. So for me, pounds, I don't know what I weigh in pounds. I weigh 70 kilograms, so I'll say 150. I think it's 150. Okay. Uh, have you been told that you snored? Yes. Big snorer. Okay. Have you been told that you hold your breath while you're Yes, I have been told. I mean, I've actually woken up in the night, like, <gasps> you know, gasping for air. Not often, but it has happened. Do you ever wake up gasping for it? Yes, I have. It has happened to me before. Do you frequently wake up in the morning with a headache? No, that's not a symptom that I have. Now, why would you, if you have sleep apnea, why would you wake up with a headache? Well, that's other than having a hangover, it's because you're not getting enough oxygen. You're oxygen deprived because if you're, if you stop breathing 40, 50 times an hour a night, you're, you're depriving yourself, your brain of oxygen. So that's a symptom is, is a headache. Are you tired during the day, even when you get a full night's sleep? No, but that, this is a very common symptom. If you're always tired, even though you're getting six, you know, seven, eight hours of sleep a night. Do you wake with a dry mouth or have frequent sore throats? No. Two more questions. Do you have heartburn at night? No. Okay. Do you have high blood pressure? No, but this is a, a, a risk factor of sleep apnea. If you have sleep apnea, your blood pressure tends to go up. Why? Well, so again, what happens is you stop breathing more than 10 seconds or even go longer. 
And then what happens is as you're not breathing, you don't die from this, but, but what happens is, is your CO2, because you're not breathing, your CO2 level increases, right? And right here in your neck, we have what we call CO2 receptors, sensors. You actually have these sensors, biological sensors that detect the level of your CO2. And when your CO2 gets to a certain level, these sensors or receptors will send through your nervous system, will send a signal to your brain going, alert, alert. And so that signal will, will trigger your brain to wake you up. And how does it wake you up? It increases your heart rate and it, it sends all these signals through your nervous system into your heart to wake you up. And how does it increase your heart rate? Well, there's a couple ways. It can do it through some hormones, but it also does it through, it'll send hormones, it'll activate your kidneys. And in your kidneys, there's a enzyme that will constrict your heart vessels, your, your blood vessels, not heart, blood vessels. And by constricting your vessels, you're increasing pressure. And by increasing pressure, you increase the heart rate. So that's why if you've ever experienced this, I mean, I have a couple of times where I wake up gasping for air, my heart rate is like racing. And even sometimes you're sweating too, because you're, again, your whole nervous system, because of the increase of CO2 just reacts. And basically your brain forces you to wake up. So again, high blood pressure is a symptom of sleep apnea. So no, next, last question. Do you use a wearable fitness tracker or similar health tracking device? Not when I sleep, no. But it's interesting they ask this because there's so many, you know, iWatch, uh, Fitbit. There's a lot of different sensors that, that track your sleep when you, at night. And basically all they're doing is tracking your movement. So it's not a very accurate assessment of your sleep. But the thing is, is if you have sleep apnea, if you snore a lot, if you stop breathing and you wake up a lot, you're going to be moving a lot more than normal. If you have good sleep, good quality sleep, and you're sleeping deep, you're getting into that, you know, deep sleep, you're getting into your REM sleep, you don't move around as much, especially when you're in deep sleep. Now, I don't know if you know this, REM sleep when you're dreaming is actually not deep sleep. Uh, REM sleep is not deep sleep, but I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but if you've ever experienced and you wake up and you can't move, there's a Japanese word for it. I forget what it's called. Kamishibari, I think it's called in Japanese. But this phenomenon, what happens is, so you're still in a sleep state. So what happens is when you go into REM sleep, your body actually cannot move. It's really weird. So the, and I forget how it works, but your brain basically atrophies your muscles. And so, and the reason it does that is because when you're in REM sleep and dreaming, you're running around, jumping around, flying around, you would end up, you know, kicking your partner. You'd, you'd be moving too much during your sleep. So your body actually has a defense mechanism to prevent you from moving while you're in REM sleep. But because of that, your respiratory muscles, so there's actually muscles that 
in your diaphragm, you know, it's called the work of breathing. Those muscles during REM sleep are become relaxed because they can't move. And that actually increases your chance to have sleep apnea. So if you already have sleep apnea, then you're probably going to exacerbate it during REM sleep. And that's why having a sleep test is important because they can assess all your sleep stages through the night and they can see when these apneic events, when you stop breathing, they can actually see when it's happening and they can see if it's happening during REM sleep because they'll put, you know, electrodes on your head to measure your brain waves. Okay. So anyway, says it's processing requests, waiting for ResMed. So here, it's very important that you, based on your responses, you may be at risk for sleep apnea. See, and I know this, I've already been tested. So, but if I hadn't been tested and I took this test, you know, it's kind of scary. It's like, oh, you, it's very important that you discuss your symptoms with the doctor. Okay. Because ResMed, the company, they're not doctors, so they can't make a diagnosis, but they can recommend, hey, you should talk to your doctor. Uh, so I highly recommend that you, you check this out and you can learn more about sleep apnea anyway. But um, I've explained a lot about sleep apnea and CPAP. Again, a bigger problem than most people realize because so many people have sleep apnea and don't realize it. It really affects their productivity at work. You know, they'll fall asleep and, you know, you get brain fog, you're not as productive. And when people do get tested and get treated, their productivity, their quality of life, their energy levels uh, actually go 180 degrees. So with that, that is the presentation. Again, go ahead and, and uh, study more on your own. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to episode eight, my podcast, Medical Device English, where we talked about sleep apnea and how it affects so many people and specifically for the Japan market. I hope you enjoyed. Take care. Bye bye.